Good morning. I'd like to introduce you to my newest friend. In Maryville, you have to have this on all the time. We have 152 cases since yesterday. I don't know what we have this morning. I didn't look. You might see me wearing this during communion because I'm very cautious. Uh, people who are our age are really susceptible to it. We've had a number of older people uh, have it. Fortunately, no deaths. And uh, Stanberry had 20-some in the nursing home that had it in at least five, if not six deaths. And that isn't that big a nursing home, so just to let you know. Let's begin with prayer. Father, we ask you to bless us today as we gather together as brothers and sisters in Christ. Help us as we look at our order of meditation and prayer and give us the strength to know, God, that you are with us. We especially pray for those who are suffering from the pandemic. And we pray, O oh Lord, that you will give them the strength to be healed and that they can come out of this and, and glorify and praise you for their healing. Bless us as we worship together and as we study together. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay, the congregation at prayer in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. We pray together the prayer. You, O God, upheld your church and defended it with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm against the violence of tyranny and the willingness of malice. Your protection extends over all, and your name is great to the very ends of the earth. Continue to show yourself the God of your people. Convert their enemies or restrain their malicious counsels and keep us in your faith and fear through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The verse of the week, let's say it together. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. What do you think that means? Yeah. How did he prove he was a servant? He washed the disciples' feet. He always made himself what? 
Scripture says lower even than the angels, but lower even as there were people around him. He humbled himself. Yeah, became obedient unto death, even the death on the cross. And that's something that we need to remember. There's also that word of ransom. What does the word ransom mean? Pay for somebody. Pay for somebody? Yeah. Uh, ransom in, in the, the idea of Jesus was to give his life as a payment. Uh, a word that's hard to pronounce sometimes for children is propitiation. But that's a word in the scriptures which is, means a remedy or a payment. Uh, atoning sacrifice, as the NIV tells us. And that's important too. Okay. For the grades 1 to 3, it says, What does God's word say to workers? Serve wholeheartedly as if you were serving the Lord and men. What does that mean? Not only children are to be able to serve the Lord, but we are too. What does that mean? To not serve grudgingly. Okay. To be uh, uh, not enthusiastic, but to give without reservation. And, and don't serve half-heartedly, wholeheartedly, it says. What does that mean? Give your all. Put it in, put it in your, your life all the time. Give him your heart. What do we say in uh, Psalm 51 that we sing on Sundays? Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence, and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of your salvation, and uphold me with your free spirit. Yeah, create in me a new heart. We have to pray that every day. Because that old heart flutters back and forth sometimes. Serving the Lord, but not serving the Lord. And so it's saying here, serve wholeheartedly as if you were serving the Lord Jesus. Not men. There are times, let's say as children, how do you serve individuals? I was the oldest, you know, and how that goes. They always said, oh, he was so bossy. But uh, one of the, I always use this excuse. My mother had a lot of health problems, and so as the oldest one, I'd be thrown cooking, baking, and uh, taking care of the younger kids, you know. And so I did get a little bossy once in a while. But okay. Yeah, serve the Lord wholeheartedly. How else can children serve their parents? 
respect. How about prayer? You know, teach your children not only certain prayers, but teach them how to pray from the heart for you. Because I'm sure as parents, you're praying for your children. Reverse that. Let them pray for you. And ask them to pray out loud for you. See what they say. Hopefully they won't say, give me better parents. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it depends. Uh, and, and that's so vitally important. And then it says, grades 4 to 8, because you know that the Lord will reward everyone for whatever good he does, whether he is slave or free. That almost sounds like uh, good works, that if we do good works, we're going to be saved, right? It has a little bit of that ring to it. Yeah, it has that ring to it. But when you look about it, because you know that the Lord will reward everyone. What's our greatest reward from the Lord? Yeah. Salvation. That's his greatest reward. We know we just saw it here. The, the life, a ransom. That's it, our greatest reward from him. That he gives us that. And then he gives us the Holy Spirit. We're going to talk about that today in the uh, epistle lesson. How the Holy Spirit gives us what we need in our life. He gives us the power to resist sin and to believe in Jesus as our Lord and our Savior. Okay, let's uh, bow our heads in prayer and pray for the children as they go to their classes. Heavenly Father, we thank you again for being here today. We thank you for all the people that are studying your word, both adults and children. We ask you to bless the teachers of the children today and bless them as they give instruction on what it means to be a Christian, but especially that they have a Savior, Jesus Christ, and what Jesus has done for them, especially being a ransom for their sins. Bless us also as adults as we study your word so that we grow in the grace and in the knowledge of Jesus our Savior. All this we ask in the precious name of Jesus our Savior. Amen. Do we normally sing? Hymn 683, 1 and 4, do you know that one? Huh? Have it? Well, you, you can leave me then. Is that yours? Go ahead. Go ahead. Kind of a familiar one, isn't it? Jesus, thy blood and roll to me. No thought can teach so long declare. Unite my faithful heart to thee. 
and reign without our rival. Then that's not the melody, is it? What's the melody? I was thinking of of the other one that's close to that. Who knows the melody? I'll follow. So, I'm not sure of the melody. In weakness be thy love, my power. And when the storms of life shall come, Oh, Jesus, in that final hour, be thou my sword and staff and guide, and draw me safely to thy side. We tried. Your pastor said I could uh, do what I wanted for Bible study. And a lot of times when you take over a Bible study for a pastor when they're gone, you don't always get to where you want to get. And sometimes you don't know what he said and not said. So I like to just do something of my own. What does the word anxious mean? Waiting on something. Waiting on something? Nervous, scared. Okay. Examples today. We get this virus over. Yeah. We're anxious, aren't we, about this virus? And, and you think of how it's filtrating you know, through out of life. You know, a lot of people are, have, don't work right now because of it. Is your school going to open normally? Yeah, some schools are not. Um, where my daughter teaches, I think they're going to open up at Jefferson. But it's on a day-by-day -day basis almost. If somebody comes up with a pandemic, it'll close down right now. And uh, so there's a lot of fear. What are other anxieties? Well, you mentioned, you know, people are out of the land of Yeah. You know, your job might be directed to somebody in your place where you work. Then think of the doctors and the nurses. You know, the fears they have as they're working with people. Not only that they maybe can't help them, but that they can get it themselves. Uh, and, and it's day by day, isn't it? Um, thousands of people have lost their lives because of this. And even more thousands are affected by it than, than the ones who have died. And so we, we, we can become very worried and anxious and so forth. With that in mind, I picked a few scripture passages that we can look at. As we face many difficult situations, and especially now as we face COVID-19, yet God's Word gives up us comfort in many different situations. 
Let's look at some. Would somebody read Matthew 6, 31 to 34? Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Yeah. Anxious. And what is it saying there? How are we anxious? Well, there it's, it's referring to just the everyday things of life. Yeah. To eat, to drink, yeah. to be clothed, and yeah. a place to live. Worry about getting enough toilet paper? Yeah. <laughs> you know, we laugh about that. But you don't think, and I kept asking, I toilet paper. But you think about that. Water. You know, some people don't, don't purify their water. Now every time they go somewhere, they take their bottle of water. Because they know it's pure. And as we mentioned, the jobs, the job market, you know, is difficult for some people because they don't know if they're going to have a job today or tomorrow. Or have COVID-19 today or tomorrow. And of course, Matthew is, is the one that often is used for worrying. It says, therefore, do, therefore, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Yeah. What does that mean? Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. It has enough trouble of its own. We don't need to add anything to it. I worry. You know, you think about that. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Read the newspaper. Think of your own life. How many of you had to suffer through the flood again? I'm going to say we still struggle with trying to do the reclamation of the levee systems against the river. Yeah. And that was a year and a half ago. Yeah. And every time they get to six or eight inches up north, I think of you people. Right away. We see it in some of our local rivers, but uh, you know, it's, it goes down pretty fast there, but when it comes through here, it probably doesn't go down that fast, if you get a lot of it. And every time I hear they got a lot of snow up north, I think, uh-oh, here we go again. You know? So we can become anxious. Second passage, somebody read. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Oh. Is that the Statue of Liberty? Is that the yeah, that could be the Statue of Liberty. I think, believe you're right. Yeah. Hopefully, they won't want to tear that down. We worry about that, don't we? How? People are just destroying everything and how people are so much uh, stirring up hatred against others. 
you know, and and uh, you may not have as much of that around here, but I'm just fearing the college kids coming back because watch out. There'll be some that want to stir it up or somebody will come from the outside to stir them up. Yeah. All who labor and heavy laden. We're all there, aren't we? The word all. But he says, I will give you rest. I think of that when I have a hard time going to sleep. He promises, I will give you rest. Come to him. Couple things I do is well number one pray but number two start thinking of some familiar hymn verses that I know and it isn't long and I doze off Luke 10 41 and 42 somebody else read that please and the Lord answered her Martha Martha you are anxious and troubled about many things but one thing is necessary Mary has chosen the good portion which will not be taken away from her there's another place we go when we have worries. Where is it? Sit at Jesus' feet. The Word and prayer, but the Word. You know, that's what we're doing here. We're, I just took main passages that have anxiety or fear in these passages. Because we all face those in our life, don't we? All who labor, heavy laden, Martha was anxious and troubled about many things. What were the things he was troubled about? Making everything perfect. Yeah, having everything perfect. For who? Jesus. Yeah, and what was she doing? Cleaning and cooking. Cleaning and cooking. Two key words of women. Now my wife isn't here, but I can tell a story on her. <laughs> my wife is a perfectionist, is a clean person. When we were first married, I'd come in and I'd take my shoes off. We lived out in the country in southern Minnesota where I started. And I take my shoes off, and I go into the office. Was in the parsonage, and uh, somebody would call. They wanted to meet me at church. I go to get my shoes, and guess what? They were already put away. <laughs> you know, and, and I love her for that because she she keeps me in line that way, and uh, uh, she's still that way. But that's she feels is her part of of life. To keep things clean and, and keep things in order and make meals and so forth. But the other side of that is sometimes she becomes cumbered about it. And I, then I once in a while say to her, uh, not Marsha, Marsha, but Martha, Martha. <laughs> and uh, then she says, oh, quit, you know. <laughs> but that's just, you know, people. And, and, uh, we can get so tied up in many different things. And that's what it's talking about here. But it's using that word anxious. Give me some examples in your life where you are anxious. 
Okay. What are some examples uh, as adults of being anxious in your your life? How about those of you who work out out of the home? What some are? How do you get anxious at work? When you work first thing in the morning, and everything you okay. Yeah. You want to make sure everything goes all right. Yeah, I think we like to be in control, and when we realize that we're not in control of things, then that makes us anxious mm -hmm. also. Sometimes we're anxious about the weather, you know, see the weather forecast, and like if you live down along the Florida Gulf Coast, and you've got hurricanes, and there's, a, there's an anxiety for those people. Mm -hmm. And what if it comes up and dumps eight to ten inches on your property and on your fields? Which could happen. A lot of times we get heavy rains after something like that. And we're only getting a start of those. Yeah. They experienced that like around here at least Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just north of us they had uh, eight inches. The most I had was three. But there were some that had eight to ten inches uh, east of us, not very far. Somebody else. The last three days of tax season, that will make you anxious. <laughs> you don't believe that they'll affect you to be anxious. <laughs> yeah. And uh, there's so many different things that that uh, cause that. How about other place, uh, places of work? How are you anxious? I just get anxious when something doesn't add up right or doesn't turn out right when I haven't seen the school budget or, yeah. you know, or doing payrolls and like that. That affects everybody if that doesn't get done on time or done correctly. How about starting school or not having school? Oh, yeah, that's a fun one this year. Uh, and, uh, you think about that. Um, I have a granddaughter that's at Northwest, and she's wondering whether they'll be in class. And uh, of course, they did a lot of it the last two, three months online, and she said that's just not the way to do the school. And uh, she did it fine, got excellent grades, but still, she says it's so different. You know, you can't, you don't necessarily have any rapport with the prof or whatever and my my daughter teaches math and she says that's tough to teach online and uh, she had a lot of things she had to change in order to do it right uh, yeah yep And the daycare center in, in uh, Maryville was um, helped by Kawasaki and some others, and they put a lot of money into it. Now Mosaic is closing it. And all these people have to find. And uh, one mother told me she's got to go all the way to Conception Junction for her babysitter because they're filling up so fast. If anybody knows they can babysit, they're hired already, which is sad.
Somebody read Philippians 4, verse 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. Okay, there's that word anxious again, and it says about anything. But then what does it say? In everything by prayer and supplication. What does the word supplication mean? You're going to say supply, but give another definition. The word supply is good, but you know, you're, you're asking God to what? Give you things. Yeah. Give you the things hopefully that you need. Sometimes we go beyond that, don't we? Um, we need to pray for what we really need. Not our wants, but our needs. And there becomes a real problem sometimes where we, uh, you know, think more of wants rather than needs. You got one? Yeah. And, and that's a struggle, isn't it? But it's interesting what it says, by prayer and supplication with what? Yeah. Why do you think St. Paul added that? Be thankful yeah. for what you got. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly what I was yeah, be thankful for what you got. But, you know... I've often said, and I teach in confirmation, you know, a lot of times it's give me this, give me that, give me, give me, give me, and he gives, and we forget what? To say thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. We can get, you know, and uh, uh, when our kids were around the table when they were growing up, we would, we would uh, pray, oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good and his mercy endures forever. And then I say, okay, what are you thankful for today? What are you thankful for today? And make them put in words. And uh, once in a while it wasn't just something they received, but they would say, thankful, I thank you, Lord, that I was able to help somebody today. And that's a different thing, isn't it? To have, to have uh, the thought, I want to help somebody today. 1 Peter 5, 7. Casting all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. All anxieties. Do we sometimes think, well, I'm not going to ask God about that. That's so simple and little. Ever think that way? You know? Oh, I'm behind in my checkbook by $4. And maybe it'll grow. Should I thank God for that or ask God to help me for that? Yeah. Or you have that little ache or pain. Oh, it's, I have it every day. Why should I keep praying to Him to help me? Yeah. Casting all of them on him. The big, the little, maybe the, even the insignificant.
Because he cares for you. I don't know if you remember confirmation class when I was with you. What did I make you put behind that passage in the Bible? Just put a cross behind that passage when you, when you go home. Look it up and put a cross behind That's how He really cares for us. He promises He's going to be with us. And the biggest promise He made is, I'm going to forgive you. And He has the nail prints in His hands and His feet because He cares. And He really proved it by giving His life a ransom for many. Somebody read Isaiah 41, verse 10, an Old Testament passage. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, I will love you, I will uphold you with my righteous righteousness. Now, if I ever visited you in the hospital, I probably used that passage and the ones above and also the ones below but look at that fear not for I am with you what does Jesus say at the end of Matthew 28 I'm with you always to the end of the I'm, age well I'm with you always to the end of the age I'm with you peace he says be with you and that's such a comfort when you think about it. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed. What's the word dismayed mean? Discouraged. Discouraged. Can we use the word upset? Yeah. Don't be upset, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. Look at those words. Man, they're neat. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. I knew what it meant, but I looked it up in a commentary, and this is what a commentary said. The right hand is a hand of power. And God has all power. And He uses His power to help us. But when I think of the thought when it says there, I will help you with my righteous right hands, I think of the hands of whom? Jesus. The nail prints in His hands and His feet. That's really where God helped us. With our relationship with Him through Jesus Christ. And Christ came, the Anointed One, the Promised One, to be our Savior, and He was. Because as Isaiah says, all we like sheep have gone astray, we've turned our own way, but the Lord has laid on Him the iniquities or the sins of us all.
those righteous hands. And God has a hand of power. And if he could create this wonderful world, and if he could do all the things he did throughout history, especially in the Old Testament, he can help you, little old you and little old me. Romans 8, 32 to 39. Would somebody read that? This is a powerful section in Scripture. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God and Jesus Christ our Lord. Yeah. Verse 38, for I am sure. Some of the commentary or translations use, um, I am convinced. I think the word convinced is the Greek word. It's better than sure. I am convinced that neither death nor life nor angels nor powers nor things present nor things to come, anything can separate us from Christ Jesus our Lord. And think about that when, when you have a disease or you have a loved one that has uh, a disease or is in the hospital. Remind them of this passage. That God is here. God knows what's going on with you. In fact, he sees every beat your heart makes. Now you think about that. And look at how many people are in this room. He knows everybody. That's amazing. That every person he watches over and he sees what's going on. He's all powerful, all knowing, all seeing. And to me that passage brings so much comfort. Shall tribulation or distress or persecution, famine or nakedness or danger or sword. Many of us have faced some of those things. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Not just conquerors, more than conquerors. And the greatest proof of that is we're facing someday eternal life. Unbelievable. And if you go to the book of Revelation in chapter 21, it says there will be no more pain or suffering or whatever. It'll all be gone. Nothing can separate us 
not even COVID-19. We are more than conquerors through him who has loved us. Conquerors through him who loved us. He gives us that power. He will conquer it with us. And if not for this life, for the life which is to come. Let's read Psalm 121 together. I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your people. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not smite you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil, and he will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time <clears throat> and forevermore. <clears throat> I lift up my hills, eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord. <clears throat> and then look at the next phrase. Yeah. Just think of that. This Lord made heaven and earth. And those of you who work the soil know what this means, don't you? You put in the seed and it grows. You don't do a lot with it and for it. It comes. Even if you don't put anhydrous or any other stuff on it, it'll still come. Reeds too, but the crop will come. And you think of that. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. And if he made all of this, he made little old me and you through our parent. I'm very little and small in comparison to the whole world. And yet we can lift up our eyes to him. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. What's that mean? He's awake 24 hours of the day. And you and I can't do that, can we? Well, we can try. I've gone for 36 hours or better without sleep. But it's not easy. I had to go to Rochester, the Mayo Clinic one time. A young man was going to have a hole in his heart closed. So I was a couple hundred miles or maybe 150 miles from there and I got there and the the surgery was postponed and I stayed with him and his family and when I got home it was 36 hours and fortunately I didn't fall asleep driving home but it was tough you know and, and you think of Jesus and you think of God they never slumber nor sleep as it says here 
They watch over us. They're in heaven. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. And you think about Israel in the Old Testament, that was all believers. So we can consider ourselves in that. We're the Israel of today in a sense, the believers. He will not neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun will not smite you by day nor the moon by night. It doesn't matter when it strikes, day or night. No matter what strikes us, day or night, he's awake, he knows. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade. The sun shall not smite you by day nor the moon by night. No difference when it strikes. And they say that uh, out in the desert the moon can be just as dangerous as the sun because of the rays and whatever. Now that doesn't seem possible to me but that's what it says. When they were out in the desert they got to watch themselves even at night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. Put your faith and confidence in him and he'll take care of you. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. When do we hear that verse? You got her. Baptism. Near the end, after the child is, you know, been baptized, I believe it's right after that, the Lord will preserve your coming in and your going out from this time forth and even forever. Let's see when that is. I believe so too. I gotta get it to the right place for baptism. I probably won't get there. There's a funeral. Confirmation.
Unbelievable. Psalm 130. Let's read this one together. Out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my pleas for mercy. If you, O Lord, should mark iniquities, O Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness that you may be feared. I wait for the Lord, my soul waits, and in his word I hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than watchmen for the morning, more than watchmen for the morning. O Israel, hope in the Lord, for with the Lord there is steadfast love, and with him is plentiful redemption, and he will redeem Israel from all iniquities. Out of the depths, and I'm sure we can name some depths that we have been in. And we pray, O Lord, Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my pleas for mercy. Sometimes we have pleas for other things. Here it talks about mercy, mercy on us. And then it goes on, Lord, should, O Lord, if you, O Lord, should mark iniquities. Goes right into that. We need mercy. We need the Lord not to mark iniquities. It says, with you there is forgiveness that you may be feared. If God can forgive us, he can do anything else. And he's done it. He's forgiven us in Christ Jesus. O Lord, who should stand? For with you there is forgiveness that you may be feared. Here the word feared means to stand in awe. To be amazed at what he's done for us. I wait for the Lord, my soul waits, and in his word I hope. Here's that idea of what? Patience, Charlie, patience. You know? When we go to the Lord, we got to have patience sometimes, don't we? When that pain doesn't go away and when we're suffering over and over and over again and we pray and pray and pray and we think He's not, yes, He's hearing us. Just put your faith and confidence. He'll give you the things you need and the things to comfort you. My soul waits for the Lord. Well, before that it says, my soul waits, and in his word I hope. There we go. When we're struggling, go to the word. When we're struggling, think of your baptism. Think of the last time you went to the Lord's Supper. Those are all proof that God is with you, and that he's going to help you, and he's going to strengthen you, and he's going to lift you up. And then it goes on to say, The sun shall not smite thee by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. Excuse me, I'm in the wrong one. 
My soul waits for the Lord more than watchmen for the morning, more than watchmen for the morning. When something is repeated like that, the psalmist is saying, pay attention. It's important. And you think about that. My soul waits, and in his word I hope. My soul waits, waits, waits. That's patience. And if you're like me, I get a lack of patience once in a while. People ask me, what is the one thing you pray for? That's it. I pray for patience because I'm not always patient with myself or with other people or whatever. I have to say, Lord, give me some more patience. Hope in the Lord, Israel. Believers, for with the Lord there is steadfast love, and with him is plentiful redemption. And he will de redeem Christians, Israel, from all his iniquities. He does that over and over and over again. Psalm 23, verse 4. Read it together with me. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. I always tell people, circle the word through. Death doesn't end it for us as Christians. He takes us through death to life. And what a comfort that is. Because before that, you know, we, he takes us to green pastures and all these different things. But the main thing he says here, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. And a lot of trials and tribulations can come our way. We can say, you are with me. He is. That's his promise. We read it above. Lo, I'm with you always to the end of the age. I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod. The rod was what for the shepherd? Defense. Defense. Push things back and whatever. Yep. What about the staff? The staff is with the hook, right? You can move that little lamb over here if you need to, or you know, you could guide it. And you could guide with the staff. And it was also your walking crutch. If you needed one. Yeah. Prayers of comfort in any situation. I hope you keep these in front of you, especially when you're struggling. Now on the back is a devotional article from our district president this last week. I'm not going to take time to read it. You can read it, but it's an excellent, um, excellent devotion. God's solution to humanity's plight. How long, O oh Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I take course in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all the day? How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? 
but I have trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. Lots of crying and, and saying, Lord, how long? And then it says, but I trust his steadfast love. My heart rejoices in salvation. That's the most important thing that God has done for us. I will sing to the Lord because he has bountifully, done bountifully or dealt bountifully with me. I thought it was good. That'll give you something to read when you go home. And I thank you. Let's close with prayer. Heavenly Father, again, we praise and thank you that you've come to us in your word. Words for us when we need comfort in situations. Those words comfort us and help us. And we pray, O oh Lord, that you would give us the ability at times to use them so that we are comforted in the trial or tribulation that we're facing. Bless us now as we worship, as we hear your word, and as we also attend the Lord's Supper to build up our faith and trust in you. So that when and if our last hour comes, we may fall asleep in faith in you, dear Jesus, and have eternal life. All this we ask and pray in your precious name, Jesus, our crucified and risen Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you.